You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist and family nurse practitioner. And today I want to talk about nurse bedside shift report. Now, I've been a nurse for over 20-something years. I've heard, seen it all, literally. And I've had some times where I've gotten some really, 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 really great shift reports. I'm like, yes, thank you. And I took that baton and I ran with it. And there are some reports where I've been like, okay, you know, I, I get it. I, I can read through the lines. I got the most important stuff and I can just figure out the rest by looking through the chart, talking to the patient and those type of things. And then there are some times I'm just like, who raised you? What kind of report is this? Like, really? Where are we talking about the same patient? Because I need to know because this this person that I'm seeing in this bed and what you're describing to me just don't match. It's, it, it just doesn't match. And so I wanted to talk about what do you do in situations like that? And, you know, what should you expect from a bedside shift report? And what you should do when you are giving off a going report? So I think one of the most important things that we can agree on and the research and the literature can agree on is that shift reports should be done at bedside. Now, I know some people like to do it in the break room. Some people like to do it at the nurse's station. Some people do it out of the earshot of the patient. And they're for a variety of reasons. Some of the reasons I can see why we may do that. So, for example, if there's some information that the patient hasn't been informed yet and you know the doctor or the nurse practitioner has still to have this conversation we are not to reveal a new diagnosis or some abnormal test results that we can't follow up with the plan of care or explanation as to what's next for this patient and there may be some other reasons there maybe there's family at the bedside who the family the patient has said you know what I don't want so-and-so knowing about what's going on around you know about me I'll let them know type of thing so there there actually are some valid reasons why you may not initially give some report at the bedside however a majority of the shift report and things that you can say in front of the patient should be done in front of the patient absolutely hands down and even if the patient is unconscious comatose intubated sedated and can't respond or participate in the shift report, it should still be done at the bedside. And part of that is so you can kind of see, hear, smell uh, what is going on with the patient as you're concurrently getting a report because there are sometimes things don't match. I have been told patients alert and oriented and you know talking in sentences. I go look at the patient, the patient is confused, reaching in the sky, hallucinating and just mumbling. Uh, words that don't make sense and I'm like sis this don't match this don't match right and that'll prompt me to do further investigation and sometimes there are things where even though I am the most well-intended to give a good report I forget something I forget something it's not on my little brain you know your little cheat sheet that you have and I I don't recall it because I'm so focused on another problem that oh shoot I forgot to mention we also they tap the patient there's some fluids those bottles are at the at the bedside like I literally might forget something like that not because I'm a bad nurse but it's just because I literally legit forgot about it in that moment I mean I've addressed it I've done the care around it, I've documented it and all those things but I just forget to tell you in those few minutes that we have report now sharing report 
is critical, it's vital. Like that's how you're gonna start your race of the day when it comes to taking care of the patient. And what we do know is that giving a good bedside shift report is really gonna set the tone for the shift. And you need a good shift report. You need to have some good baseline information if you really wanna provide safe and quality care because you can't have one without the other. Really is legit that way. Now, there are some struggles when it comes to shift report. Now, most people, they give shift report. It's a verbal shift report, right? Face-to-face, that's how we're, we're giving it. But there are some places, I don't know if they're still doing this, I hope not, but they give rep- written report. They'll write up a report and you know, the next person, oncoming person will just read the report. Or back in the days, I actually did this at one point, and I don't know if some people are still doing this, but they would record report. They would actually take a recorder and they would record the report. And then the oncoming shift would just listen to it. Now, I didn't like those other two that I mentioned because it doesn't really allow for the interaction uh, between nurses. They don't really ask for, like, allow for Q&A or for elaboration. So I think that's important. And then also, it doesn't include the patient. It really doesn't include the patient. And I think a shift report is a prime time to put all the cards out on the table, make sure everybody's on the same page. We all have the same goals and that there are no secrets. There really should be no secrets that you know that your patient doesn't know because our plan of care is to take care of them. And if they don't know what the goals are, if they don't know what the plan is, how can they really participate in it? And how do you know that those are really the goals of the patient? So I think shift report is just such a critical time for you know providing safe patient care. So what really goes down at shift report or you know what people are now calling handoff, right? Because this in the literature, this is a process of exchanging vital information about the patient, responsibility and accountability between the offgoing and the oncoming nurses. Again, to make sure we have safe continuity of care and the delivery of the best clinical practice. Now, I mentioned the different types of shift report, written report, tape report, verbal face-to-face report, conducted in a private setting, and there's face-to-face bedside handoff. My preference, face-to-face bedside handoff. I think that is the best thing to do because again, it's involving the patient, allows for reminders of things that are going on with the patient at the bedside. Now, who else does the shift report involved? Well, it generally involves the nursing staff as well as the patients. Sometimes it includes their family members as well. I think we need to make sure that we have permission to do so. Don't just go in the room and you see like the wife or the daughter or somebody at the bedside and you just start rattling report. You don't know that the patient really wants that family member to know. So I think one of the most important things that we could do, and I would do this, is make sure that when I have some time with the patient and meeting them, I would say, you know, I just want to just clarify, if you have family that calls or is present, is this something that you would like shared with, is this okay to talk about in front of your your significant other, your friend, or those type of things? Because just because someone is in the room doesn't mean they should be privy to the information. And I think that's something that all health professionals, whether you're a PT, physician, nurse, CNA, you need to be mindful of, okay? And don't put the patients on the spot. Don't be asking like, oh, can I talk to you about such and such? I know you have family here. That just puts them on the spot like, uh, no, get out of my room, family. Like, do you really want the patient to do that? So let's just, let's help the patient out in that sense. Now, what are some of the benefits of a good bedside shift report or handoff? Well, there's lots of evidence out there that shows that nurses have increased satisfaction when they get good report, 
right? When there's a good process and system in place and they have the information they need to start the shift off and provide care for the patients. When they don't have that, that's when they feel like a chicken with their head cut off and they're constantly playing catch up and they can't get ahead. And part of that is because we didn't set our colleague up for success. And I'll say this, it's not just about our colleagues, it's also about the patient. We don't want the patient to have delayed care or care that's erroneous or you know, whatever the case may be, we don't want, we don't want the patient to suffer because we didn't give a good handoff. So some of the most commonly reported nurse advantages include improved report efficiency, teamwork, nursing accountability, report accuracy, enhanced individual patient care and documentation practices, and satisfaction with patients being involved and visualizing patients and having the ability to prioritize care and improve discharge and transition of care. That's what the evidence says. Basically, in a nutshell, AKA, I'm able to do my job and do so efficiently and safely when you give me the information that I need. Now, mind you, report is meant to be brief and straight to the point. We're not gonna regurgitate a whole chart and don't ask me to regurgitate a whole chart, but there are some key elements that we as nurses should know. And having been a clinical instructor, I really work with my nursing students early on to set up a good habit of how to give report and how to take report. Let's start with getting report because that's the thing. That's we, we start our shift with getting report. So let's start it that way. So when I get report, it's very important to me that the nurse is as attentive as possible and, you know, is present, has whatever computer or their cheat sheet, their brain, whatever they call it, available to them. Because don't be giving me some information just from recall if you don't really know. I can take a second, let's get to a computer. Because as the nurse is actually logged onto the computer to give me report, I actually like to stand kind of catty corner to the nurse and the computer so I can kind of see what's on the screen and see the patient at the same time. So I'm multitasking as I'm getting report. I wanna see it, I wanna hear it, I wanna smell it, everything short of taste it. You know, and I know there are definitely some things in the computer but some things that are helpful to me when I get report, obviously are some key data points that, you know, just tell me. So I don't have to necessarily look this up. Okay, so let's, let's run this down. I'm making this up, so don't feel like this is a real patient, guys. Hey, this is Mr. Jones Jones, 84-year-old male admitted on June 12th for shortness of breath. He's um, basically here for CHF exacerbation, full code, no known allergies. He's been here for a couple days. We've done X, Y, and Z. His CHF seems to be improving. He had an echo just yesterday. His EF is 60%. His lungs are still with some crackles, but he's continuing his Lasix. He's been getting up. He's been moving. He's been eating. Blood pressures have been within uh, normal limits. No complaint of pain, no dizziness. He's been getting up with physical therapy. And, you know, the plan is to discharge him tomorrow with home health but the social worker still needs to come they have some durable medical equipment stuff that they need to work out but he should be here for a couple more days no true issues um, pulmonology is on the case cardiology and infectious disease did chime in because he did spike a temperature when he initially arrived but we treated it with tylenol and some antibiotics look like he had a little bit of pneumonia but other than that he is doing well he's up in the chair and everything is pretty much good. Alert and oriented times four, moves all extremities, got, has a little bit of a edema plus two pitting, but that's pretty much him in a nutshell. Do you have, in, oh, labs, let me go over the labs, right? So unremarkable, 
no plan diagnostics for today. And yeah, so that's it. Any questions I can answer for you, right? And so that was actually a, a pretty legit report. It's okay. I'm okay with that. Now I might ask, you know, I see the patient's on some oxygen. Does he use home oxygen, homo 2, or have we had to, is that new? Has he always been on it? And, and then the nurse say, oh, yes, that's all right. So thank you for asking that. When he originally came, he was on four liters of oxygen. We did wean him down to two liters. And for the most part, he's okay with room air, but sometimes he gets a little anxious and wants the O2 on, but he's satting fine on room air. So maybe that's something that we can wean him off of. I think it's more of a, a security blanket for him. He hasn't desatted. I mean, the lowest his sats have gone is uh, 93%, but that's with activity. He had a chest x-ray just yesterday and he had some pulmonary vascular congestion, but that looks to be clearing up from previous scans. What else can I answer for you? Right? I like that nurse, right? I like that nurse. The nurse who's giving me reports, pretty much giving me kind of a full picture. I didn't interrupt her, mind you, right? But she asked me, what else can I answer for you? She's welcoming my questions. So I like that. And so I think that's the attitude that we need to have. I think some people, when they come in and get report, it's kind of like attack mode. They're on this defense. Like they're looking for something wrong. Stop looking for something wrong. Allow the person giving you reports to give their full report. Don't just cut in and, you know, well, what's this? What's that? What's this? What's that? Allow them to tell the story. And then if at the completion of their report, you didn't get the information you need, then be prepared to ask some questions. But I like this example that I gave. The nurse was like, is there anything I can answer for you? That is setting the tone of collaboration and teamwork, right? And really we need to be more along that, that mindset. Now, as the receiving nurse, right? As the person who's getting the report, I allowed, I didn't interrupt. I let the nurse give me the full report. I kind of glanced at some labs and I kind of looked at the patient and I asked my questions accordingly. I did so in a non-threatening manner. And I think that's also reciprocates that teamwork collaboration type of attitude and mentality. She opened the door. You had any questions? I said, yes. And I asked my questions and I did so in a kind way. Now, something else that I'd like to do when I'm receiving report is after after I hear everything, I'll say, you know, is there anything on your to-do list that you guys didn't get to during your shift that you'd like me to follow up? Like what's on your wish list for this patient? I legit say that. What is your, what's on your wish list for this patient? Because my goal is to take the baton and to keep running with it. Cause this is a marathon. Okay. We are in this for the long haul. It's impossible for any one particular shift to accomplish everything. So I recall a time where I had like a, my day was like a day from hell. I was going, 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 going. And I remember the physician came to see the patient legit like 6.30 PM and the, you know, day shift comes on at seven. So I'm still trying to get caught up with the things that I was trying to do. And then when I'm giving report, I'm like, I, I said to the nurse, I said, oh, the physician was here. He just wrote orders. He didn't flag anything as stat, but let's take a look at these orders. And then I saw that, he wanted the patient to start on a heparin drip. Heparin drip's important. It doesn't need to be started. But by this time, as I'm wrapping up, it's already like 7.15, literally into the report, right? So day shift is on. Y'all are on, okay? The clock started at 7. Y'all are on. And the nurse was like, well, you need to hang this heparin. You need to give that bolus and hang that heparin drip before you leave. I kind of looked at her. I said, no, thank you. I will not. These are orders that were just received. I've been doing patient care and you are now on the clock at seven. I am getting ready to sign off and I don't think management would approve of my overtime. So you give the bolus 
and hang the heparin drip. Thank you. Listen, I had no qualms about it. I didn't yell. I didn't scream. I know that might have sounded a little bit direct, but I was, I said it with a smile. I said it kindly. And then she went and go told the charge nurse. And the charge nurse came to me and was like, Alice, are you able to? I said, you know, it's going to put significantly put me in overtime. I said, I've been doing X, Y, Z, A, B, three, one, two, five, nine. I like, I named legit everything. And I said, I barely got a break. I said, matter of fact, there's going to be a meal penalty. Are you approving my overtime to stay over? And then immediately charge was like, oh no, no. Okay, you hang the heparin. She said that to the day nurse. The day nurse was so upset. But why, guys? You cannot be upset, okay? This is a part of handoff and giving good report. Each shift is going to do as much as possible, as much as it can possibly do for the patient. And then you pass the baton. And this was something that we talked about in shift report. I didn't try to hide it. As an off-going night nurse, I did not try to hide the orders or ignore them or not, you know, act like, let me just slide, I'll sneak on out this door without mentioning his orders and they'll see them when they see them. No, I was transparent. I said, you know, the physician came, it was later, it was like 6.30, I have not seen the orders, but nothing was flagged as stat. Let's take a look at these orders together because I wanted to see what the orders were because I, you know, part of my duty is I'm still there. So I essentially still have some responsibility to the patient. And if there was something that I could have done that was reasonable within a time frame for me during my shift, absolutely, I would have done it. But for the other part, heparin drip, damn it, the heparin drip wasn't even on the unit. So how was I going to go ahead and give the bolus? Now I know most Pixis nowadays keep heparin in there, but on this particular unit, this hospital, they had to send up, they customize these, you know, they would come up with the patient's name, label and all this other stuff. So I had to wait. I had to wait for this heparin drip. And so you want me to wait like 15, 20 minutes for the heparin drip to come, then give the bolus, then start the drip and document it. Well, that would have easily brought me over another 45 minutes. So I think the lesson here was when you give shift report, understand this is a moment of time of overlap. It's okay if you didn't get everything done. Really, you're not supposed to get everything done for this patient because the patient is still hospitalized. They're still within your care. There's still much more to be done. But the most important part is that you did what you could do. You were reasonable, you were fair, you were transparent, and you communicated in shift report so you could set this nurse up for success and allow them to start their shift with the information they needed. Now, if I had a snuck out the back door and not mention these orders, it might've been a minute before this nurse actually got a chance to look at the orders and really tackle these on. Although I might've already been home in my bed by the time he or she caught this. The thing is, I don't want the patient to suffer. That's, that's wrong, right? So I think that's one of the things and why we as nurses are one of the most trusted professions out there. People actually trust us with their lives. And so part of honoring that trust is making sure that we're transparent, we're honest, not only with the patients, but with our colleagues and with our team. So we can truly have collaboration and teamwork and move in an organized fashion that helps achieve the outcomes and goals of the patient. So, but back to this shift report, it's important. Sometimes shift report is going to be shitty. It is. Cause you know why? Cause you had a shitty shift. You didn't get to everything and you're going to feel like you're dumping onto the next nurse. Now, when I gave that example of how I told the day nurse that I was not hanging the heparin drip, I had had a shitty day. I really did. And so, but I made sure that I didn't transfer my shittiness to the next shift. Cause that's not cool. That's not fair, right? I had to deal with the day that I had, still keep in mind the patient's best interest and transfer, hand off this baton to the oncoming nurse 
and giving them the information that they needed, answering any type of questions she needed so they could do what the patient needs and that they weren't feeling like they were behind the eight ball. You know, this has happened to me a couple times. I've had nurses not tell me information. And for whatever reason, if we've not been by a computer, as for me to kind of kind of co-sign and double check some things, there are some things that were missed. Now, do I know if they were intentional? I really don't know for sure. Maybe in a couple of nurses I do because they were just, honey. Um, they just, it was a pattern in them that they would always leave stuff out. So I learned who those people were and I know who I need a computer with and who I don't. But for the most part, I think some of these can be honest oversights, but as much as possible, we want to hand off all of the information, the things we did do, the things that we didn't do, and the things that we couldn't get to, right? I think if you can convey that in your shift report, that the next shift won't worry about it. For me, when I get report like that, and if the nurses feel like they're dumping a lot on me, I'll, I actually reassure them and say, look, it's okay. You did everything you can do. Thank you for doing a great job. I'll take it from here. And I, you know what? I'm going to do as much as I can do. And whatever I can't do, I'm going to pass on to the next person. And I think that's the type of attitude that we really need to have. We need to stop blaming and shaming previous shifts for the things they didn't do, quote unquote, didn't do. Now, mind you, I'm not saying that there aren't lazy nurses out there. There are. And you know who you are. But for the most part, most of us are well-intended. We do as much as we can. We really sacrifice our time and sometimes our sanity to take care of patients. So I want to commend and thank all of the nurses, advanced practice nurses, future nurses. And I'm not just talking about RNs, I'm talking about LVNs as well. And even CNAs, thank you for the work that you do. And all the other disciplines who might be listening, who may not be in that nursing field, you're still part of our healthcare family. So thank you so much. But guys, make sure that when you're giving a report, that you are present, you are attentive, and you are giving as much information as you can as possible. Hit the highlights. Make sure you get to the most important systems, the things that we're actively working on. Give me some of that, you know, baseline information so I have an idea. Someone once asked me like, why do you care when the patient was admitted? Well, that gives me an idea of how sick the patient actually is. So if someone is admitted on June 12th and today is June 16th, okay, they have CHF exacerbation. That sounds about right. They're kind of on course. But if someone was admitted June 12th and it's now July 16th, I'm like, whoa, CHS exacerbation. What happened? Why have you been here so long? And so that's when you go digging. You're like, oh, shoot. They coded twice in the ICU and then this. And then so it gives you an idea of the complications. Maybe they had a surgery because this is where knowing the disease process for someone who has a CHS exacerbation, if they're treated and care goes accordingly, they shouldn't be there that long unless something happened. So it just gives me some indication as to prompting me to ask other questions. Now, I know a lot of people have like these sheets, like these organized sheets where they fill in things like they have their systems, medications, and that's good. Whatever tool you need to keep your the information about the patient organized, use it. Don't feel forced to use someone else's tool. If you are someone who you work at a place where like, well, you can't use these sheets, you have to use the computer. That's a challenge sometimes. And I think that's a really unrealistic because people organize information differently in their brain. I say, and I'm a proponent of, use whatever tool you need necessary to keep the information organized. I will say this though, the computer or the chart is the latest and greatest of information. So before, don't just be given medication schedule at the time on your sheet. Always go back to 
the medication administration record to see if something's changed, if a dose has changed, the timing has changed, something's been put on hold, those type of things. But um, when you're getting your shift report, that's a great starting place for how to set up your day because you're going to get shift report, be kind, ask questions, offer help within reason and start your shift. Let go of the guilt, let go of the shame. If you didn't get everything done, it's all good. The next person will get it. And let's treat each other that way. But let's start off with a good shift report so everyone can start their their shift off well and be well-intended and have a great day. So I hope that helps someone when it comes to bedside shift report. I think there's a lot more conversation we can have about that. But let me know what your questions are. Let me know what your experiences have been around bedside shift report. And maybe I can have one of you on as a guest to kind of share your story. I'm Nurse Alice, and it's always a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. And if you haven't already, make sure to like, subscribe, follow all of those good things so you don't miss another episode of the podcast. Also want to thank nurse.org for sponsoring the show. They're awesome. Make sure to visit their website at nurse.org. Anything and everything you want to know about nursing from nursing school prerequisites to in your when you're in nursing school, how to deal with it when you NCLEX, when you graduate, advanced practice nurse, you name it, it's there, how to pay for it. Because if it's not on nurse.org, I don't know that it exists. And again, I'm Nurse Alice. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on all socials at Ask Nurse Alice. So until next time, guys, make good choices, be kind to one another, and live well, my friends. Are you an awesome healthcare professional? And do you know other awesome healthcare professionals? Well, I am, and I do. And FIG celebrates the 100% awesome healthcare professionals by making scrubs that we actually want to wear. FIGs are ridiculously soft and engineered with an athletic apparel functionality. And I work in ICU and ER, so I need scrubs that move with me, not against me, that are comfortable, that breathe, and are stylish. And speaking of stylish, there are so many pockets, ranging from one all the way up to 20. And you can mix and match any of the super popular core scrubs with one another for a quick wardrobe change. So if you're one of those awesome humans who works in healthcare, or you know someone, Figs wants you to wear the scrubs that you deserve and enjoy. So how about this? 15% off your first order. Head over to wearfigs.com, that's W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S.com, and enter my code, Nurse Alice, at checkout, and get ready to love your scrubs. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education, and community resources.